millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. I'm Carly. I don't know why. Just, yeah, uh, just is there a question mark on the teleprompter th- over there? There was a a real blank space in my mind for a moment. I think it's because we're at episode twenty of season eighteen. Season eighteen is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop, and it, it is because we're going to have four more episodes after this when we go back and do the talk back and the look back. Yeah, which those weren't counted among the official episodes and a lot of people missed them because they didn't load them into HBO Max if you want to call it that it's Max it's Discovery not, you Plus. have to drop well, the HBO okay. they they got right. rid of the most recognizable part of the branding yeah it's just Max now great and <laughs> Discovery Plus I don't even know if they know that that's still a platform they do upload stuff there every once in a while I kind of feel like someone lost the password over at Discovery and they just can't upload things there anymore but now they're randomly popping up so as we were jumping in to watch the second part of christine and david's wedding special here the talk back part one was up and then by the time it had finished airing we had completed our watch of this episode that we're about to review the second episode of the talkbacks were uploaded as well still don't know where the lookbacks are Maybe they'll be next week. I guess we have to keep looking for those. So we'll start with the talkbacks. Give <laughs> we'll them a little there. more time. Yeah, it's still processing the file for upload. <laughs> what is this episode description, Corey? The TLC description for this episode is Christine Brown and David Woolley are getting married in a lavish ceremony set against the red cliffs of the Utah desert. 
and you are invited. Christine will finally get the wedding she never had when she became Cody Brown's third wife decades ago. I'm not going to stop pointing out the fact that this definitely was copy and pasted from a press release. (laughs) We only had Christine's full name the one time, at least. (laughs) What? We give everyone's (laughs) legal name. They have to, yeah. Remember when she became Cody Brown's third wife decades ago? That's not going to be enough information for us Mm -mm. here. So we have to have the Carly episode rewrite description. Tell us what this is really about. Christine rewrites a past trauma. Janelle sends Robin to the burn victim unit. Aspen does crowd work. David's friend gets too friendly on the dance floor. Mmm. Yeah. Had some thoughts about that. There were a couple of moments in this episode that really took my breath away in a negative way. That was one of them. Surprisingly, I'm not sure it was the most disturbing. I feel like not everybody is prepared for the things that I'm going to have to say about this episode. (laughs) I feel like I've got some hot takes in here. Oh, no. Is this a bad take, Corey? It's not a bad take. These are just very real concerns that I still have. All right. Fair enough. We're looking out for our girl. You can't fool me with just two episodes telling me how great David is. I'm not buying it. I got to see more. I don't know if my concerns are about him. We'll we'll talk about we that. Have, yeah, we'll get into some theories here. Announcements. You already heard it at the top of the episode. Next week, we're starting with Talk Back Part 1. So you'll want to find that on your streaming app. It's on there now. should be. I guess you could watch the whole thing on TikTok at this point because everyone was looking for where they could watch it. It wasn't on demand. It wasn't captured as part of your regular... DVR programming for Sister Wives. It was something totally different. I think that will be fun. So we'll do that, and then we'll figure out what we're doing from there, probably going into Season 13. Other exciting things happening now that we have wrapped Season 18, we are going to be guesting on We Love to Hate Everything's Sister Wives finale guest palooza And that's going to be taking place on Monday, January 22nd, on their YouTube channel. So that's a live stream. On that Monday at 5.30 Eastern Time, you can also watch it afterwards on their YouTube channel if you're not able to join at that time. But it is going to be... What is it going to be? A carousel of guests. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one way to put it. This is what happens when you don't give me a blurb, Jody Uh, and Amanda. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tried to check. Is there any verbiage that we need to stick to? Any points that we need to get across? And then you left us to our own devices over here. We're trying our best. It's the best I can come up with. A carousel of Sister Wives podcasters. Guestapalooza. I think, yeah, that says it all. It did say it all, didn't it? So be sure to tune in for that. We've got the link to their channel in our episode description. You can find them by searching We Love to Hate Everything Podcast on YouTube. Their handle is at love to hate pod so you can go to youtube.com slash at the at symbol love to hate pod all right and then i think we have a legal wife voicemail is that correct Corey? we do and we're kind of skipping over one secrets be told here there is one that's we're saving for the talkback episode so if you did leave that voicemail we did receive it you will be heard shortly but once we get to that content we were saving you for the applicable talkback episodes here. But in the meantime, we've got Rebecca calling in with a great voicemail here. Take it away. Hi, Corey and Carly. This is legal wife Rebecca. 
now that the season's over, we were talking, my sister and I, about uh, a Hollywood movie of the Sister Wives, and we decided that Will Ferrell would play Cody because of D'Angelo from The Office, who's a little scary when he's mad. But then we were debating about the wives. I was saying Kristen Stewart should play Robin, Tilda Swinton for Mary, Cameron Diaz for Christine, and Kate Winslet for Janelle. Have you guys ever thought about this? And who do you think should play who? I love these kinds of questions. So if you've been wondering what you can ask if you call us, things like this are always fun. Just interesting scenarios to try to find out what we would pick. Yeah, that's that's always a good time. Thought exercise for this. Dig deeper into our minds, figure out how we can apply random things that have nothing to do with sister wives to sister wives. It's a wealth of knowledge that we do have at our disposal here. And Rebecca, I don't know if you're ready for the answer that you're going to get, because if you're asking for a dream team, I will be honest, when you were listing your team, very, very good cast. I think we're right on par. We've captured some of the essence of these characters that we're trying to convey. But if you're asking for the dream team... We're going to have to dig in. We're going to have to get specific. We're going to mix and match actors from very specific eras of their career that we would be building out this cast for. Should we start with Cody? Just get him out of the way? Yeah, you forgot to cast him, and I had to remind you that we still (laughs) need to cast Cody. I did, because who cares? He cares. I think he cares. But my guesses were it was going to be either Jack Nicholson or Nicolas Cage, and a very specific Jack Nicholson Probably around the Shining era. Okay. I think that's fair. Whenever Cody disturbs me, it reminds me of Jack Nicholson. He's got the range for it. Jack Nicholson might be too charming, which that's where I was leaning towards Nicolas Cage, but not recent Nicolas Cage. More like 1990s Nicolas Cage. You think Jack Nicholson's too charming? I think Jack Nicholson might be too charming. Well, but he could be Cody early on in the Sister Wives series. The manic Cody that we used to get in the earlier seasons. And then he could turn the charm off. Yeah, and lean more into the crazy, which that's where I think Nick Cage would thrive. 90s Nick Cage would be right in there from the get-go. Who else you got? All right, well, we're going to start in order of the OGs all the way down to Robin. So, Mary, I would cast a a Chloe Sevigny or Meryl Streep. I need someone who's really going to capture... The ability to have disdain for other people around them. I know you threw out Catherine O'Hara as well. I don't know if she's going to capture that level of hatred for just mankind. Yeah, I think Meryl <laughs> just really well, made Mary sound terrible. <laughs> Meryl Streep's just the easy. That's the go-to answer. I think. I guess we need like two Marys, don't we? We need the Mary that they have told us existed, and then we need. Like funny drunk Mary. And we already know Meryl can do it all. That's true. Who's better? So we know that she would do it. And I'm thinking more of like Sophie's Choice era of Meryl Streep. So we're going really far back. We're rewinding quite a bit. Right in that range. But then you know she has the emotional capacity to play Mary because of her role in The Devil Wears Prada. Exactly. We need someone who can run the gamut of emotion. That's what it ends up being. Janelle. Okay. Stay with me here. Julianne Moore or Kathy Bates? And it would have to be... I really think Kathy Bates captures the right energy. I think it's the energy that's there. And it would have to be like misery, Kathy Bates. So not... Not her character in misery. No. (laughs) That era. 
<laughs> okay, fair. She is not hobbling Cody at Coyote Pass to keep him around. She's way past that now. I'm excited about Christine because we didn't talk about her when we were going through casting, and I don't think you contributed any ideas for her. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I have Reese Witherspoon or Julia Roberts. I'm leaning towards Julia Roberts, like 90s Julia Roberts, because she is able to laugh maniacally in a likable way. And you would dye her hair blonde for this role? Sure. Mm, That's where you lose it. Why? Blonde Julia Roberts? Yeah, not a fan. Okay. Who would you cast then? Well, you know I'm already partial to Rebecca's answer of Cameron Diaz. (laughs) I do have quite a soft spot in my heart for Cameron Diaz. Oh my God. Robin, I was not sure how we were going to top Kristen Stewart. She just has that je ne sais quoi, (laughs) that Robin 404 error in her brain (laughs) sort of look about her and just that general energy that she carries. Yeah. I do have a second option, Shailene Woodley, who I think really has the ability to seem confused at all times. So I'm excited about both options. If we're going dream team, I would go with like a young Lily Tomlin from like her nine to five era. Okay. Let us know who your dream team would be. You can hit us up in the Discord, on the Patreon, again, patreon.com slash survivingpod. That's one of the benefits you get from joining. Or apparently you have the ability to leave comments on Spotify, so you could do that too. Send us an email. I feel like this is fun. I want to do more of it. It's a good time. But let's go ahead and get right into this episode here, because this has been building and building and building for so long, and it's about time we've had some sort of release here. Sweet release. (laughs) Sweet, sweet release. So thank God it's finally time for the wedding because Christine definitely seems like she needs a release. Maybe we needed a tailor? Another fitting, perhaps. Maybe that's what we needed. It's it's a seamstress, Corey. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. We do see her get into the dress at the beginning of the episode. I felt conflicted. I did like it because I did feel like it was pretty age appropriate. It looked nice on her, like the cut of the dress. It wasn't well fitted. It seemed like either she didn't give enough time. This is my guess, given how fast this wedding took place. Mm. They didn't have enough time to get in all the fittings that were necessary, or she lost weight after she had her final fitting because it was just a little off. A little loose. Might have had a cinch here or there that we probably could have done. Maybe it was fitted, and then she just kept drinking her pink drinks and kept losing weight. Right. That's it. That's what did it. I'm sure that we could say that that's what it was. But maybe she's just used to her first dress that fit like a garbage bag when she (laughs) married Cody. And so that's just kind of that wedding day feel that she subconsciously has in her brain. Comfy. This is what it's supposed to feel like. who, Who are we to even point anything out? Because this fits significantly better than the first one. 100%. Yeah. There are no complaints about this dress that will match my disdain for her first dress. I didn't really love the illusion plunging neckline situation. I felt like the piece that they had in the middle, like was very visible on camera. Didn't love that. I also felt like it was quite a plunging neckline. Maybe something a little further up would have made me feel more comfortable. That's not your day. Look, when you have... 
<laughs> when you have a plunging neckline and also the dress does not fit you well. The loosey-goosey becomes a concern. People might be seeing in to places that they shouldn't be seeing. Because you might have a tit-tat nip slip. <laughs> Her titty-tat was showing, it by the was, way. a couple of times. Did not cover it up. Nope. So let's go ahead and zip Christine up. Let's get her in this thing. So all of the daughters, well, Christine's biological daughters, are zipping her up because, of course, we need McKelty to get some more screen time. Can't get enough. We're going to have to talk about that. McKelty was in almost every shot of this episode. Because, well, she's one of the only adult children that Christine has who still agrees to film for obvious reasons. There's a need That's trying to be fulfilled there. She has to be the spokesperson of Christine's children. So is it just that production is comfortable with McKelty? So then they're grabbing her to have her frame the context of some of these interactions? Or is it just that she is inserting herself constantly to be the the center of attention in these scenarios? Maybe a little of both. Probably a little of both. A little 50-50 there. David's going really heavy on the unicorn thing. He said it like three times already. We've only seen two episodes with him. I guess this is the third. So we're one per episode. He said, Christine's my goddess, my queen, my unicorn. Which then people were finding out Urban Dictionary has a different definition for unicorn, which nobody's prepared for. I don't think David knows what Urban Dictionary is. I don't think he knows what he's talking about here at all. There is no implication there. No, that's not what he meant. And it doesn't sound like Christine. They should have had a unicorn cake. That could have been fun. That would have been cute instead of the naked cake with no icing. Three naked cakes. What's worse than one naked cake? Three of them. <laughs> worse and worse and worse. So we're now filing in because we're not beating around the bush. We're jumping right in here. We've already built up, again, the tension. It's building. We have to get to the wedding night. That's we're on a tight schedule. It's super tight. (laughs) (laughs) So tight. And yeah, so David's daughters are walking him down the aisle to go wait for Christine. And then there's a lot of elderly folks who are being walked around places that look like they're sort of in custody. (laughs) They are being very tightly held on to. There's a lot of shuffling about. Sometimes two handlers per elderly person. One on either side because, yeah, you can't trust which way they're going to (laughs) go. I think it's just because they have so many family members. They had to find a way to incorporate them somehow. So you're You're walking down with grandma. You're an usher. You're an usher. And you're an usher. You know who really got elevated to a place of honor, though? Peyton. Peyton, yes. Can we talk about it? That he was trying to assure christine that she was marrying a good man well as they're turning the corner to go down the aisle first of all i guess it was a nice sentiment but it was really comical because he repeated himself and he was he's a good man he's a really good man well what <laughs> gets like, me- did someone write the line for you <laughs> no because what gets me is what are you going to say at that point uh big mistake good luck <laughs> like better luck this time I'll go start the car. Like, what do you? What else are you going to say at that I mean, point? Did he need to say anything? I don't think he needed to say anything. He could have just said, I guess, I don't know. I'm not going to criticize it. It was just comical, the delivery, him trying to get a little word in there. Also, do we really believe that Gwen is not here because she had to take a test? Or do we kind of feel like maybe Peyton being so involved in the wedding was a bit of a turnoff? Two things could be true. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a little bit of truth in both of those. 
one more than the other. Because I'm pretty sure she would feel like he's the last person that anyone should choose to walk them down the aisle, given how she feels about him. But it doesn't matter who's walking Christine down the aisle. It matters who she's walking down the aisle to. And it's David, because once we get into the ceremony, we find out that David is the best guy ever. He's doing everything for everybody all the time. Did you notice he tried to kiss her as soon as she got up to the altar? It was just a natural reflex. She's like, hold off. Yeah. Whoa. Because she didn't have a veil on. That's why you have to have a veil on. Don't kiss her yet. Oh, that's that's true. Restrain yourself. Very untraditional. (laughs) Non-traditional. I wish she wore a unicorn headband down the aisle. That would have been non-traditional. I'm glad they didn't go with that. (laughs) It would have given us something very interesting to talk about. If we're being honest. We'll see that with Truly's wedding. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but instead we have to hear about how David is the best. He's the best at everything. He's the nicest guy. Well, he's getting son-in-law points by doing this because Corbin is the one who is officiating. He kind of does a good job until he gets to the part about wheelchair sex. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, right. He had a little slip up there. He had a little word flub. Embarrassing. I would have been mortified, sweating bullets every day leading up to this episode airing. I would have rewrote some of those things. So then that way you don't run into this issue here. They had a little flip flop around of the words. Maybe a Freudian slip. I don't know. <laughs> they did remember the rings. So he gets... A higher rating than Cody. Better officiant than Maddie and Caleb had. Can you leave officiants reviews on those sites where they give them a license? Probably not. Oh. I highly doubt it. That's a bummer. They already paid their bill, and that's where their jurisdiction ends. Good luck. You're out in the world now. All right. Truly hands over the rings. We're going to have to talk about this because there was some discussion about things that were seen as she does that. So she gives the rings to them. She says, you deserve the best, mother. She really loves to say the whole word. Hit her with the mother moment. We don't say mom. We don't say mommy. We say mother. So I guess she'll call David father. So so Cody's right. She's not going to call David dad. Uh, That's the only time that he's right in that instance. (laughs) Yes. Truly, truly, little truly is 13 years old. You're going to have to talk about this because I'm not allowed to talk about this. (laughs) Uh, People were upset that truly did not shave her underarms for this very special event. When it comes to weddings, to shave or not to shave. It made me feel uncomfortable that people criticized it because she's a little girl. She's, what, 12, 13 And also, like, shaving is a very sexualized thing, so it felt really weird to impose that on a 13-year-old girl. To force someone to shave their armpits. Because it makes you uncomfortable. That's where the difference would probably lie. We already know. She beats to her own drum. Is that the right saying? That's not it. No, that was a very Cody turn of phrase. Nobody's beating anything to any drums, especially at this wedding. Please show some restraint. I've been watching this show for too long. David's almost kissing her. He's beating his own drum, so to speak. He's been waiting for her to turn down the aisle here, but Peyton's talking her ear off. Are we done with the truly thing? I don't think so. <laughs> I like the purple hair that matched the purple uh, jumper. Is that what we're calling it? Romper? romper. What is it? Yeah, it's a... <laughs> I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a romper when it's not shorts. Okay. 
I don't know the difference. Why would I know? Well, you know. I don't know. (laughs) I guess this is why I'm here. So we get through the vows. We get through the I do's. We get to the kissing, the good stuff. Y'all be kissing? This made me like David. I know that you seem to have some reservations. I enjoyed the foot pop. He clearly is in the know about Princess Diaries. He knew the foot pop would be funny. It's a crowd pleaser. It is. (laughs) It's a crowd pleasing move. (laughs) What is not crowd pleasing, and it was not Corey pleasing, is to refer to this as lifting the leg. Can we come up with a different term? It did sound like he took a piss on the altar, did it not? Please. It's a foot pop. I get that when he told Christine, I popped my foot, she thought that he had been injured or something. Like that was probably the first thing. She was like, what? What happened to your foot? And then they explained it. No, I like I lifted my leg. But then people were latching on to, oh, you lifted your leg. And that was so funny. We need to be more specific and decisive with our language and how we're explaining this. I feel like Christine doesn't understand a lot of the things that he says. She also didn't understand when he did a combat roll onto the altar last episode. Yeah, the tuck and roll. See, in the last time you were at the altar, you did a tuck and roll. And now you're telling her that you popped your ankle. You popped your foot. She doesn't know what's going on. You know, she's like, it's not time to get injured. Did you fall over again? We have things to do this evening. We're going to have to, we're going to have to ice you down during the reception. No dancing. (laughs) Everything needs to be in working order. No excuses. (laughs) Cause I'm going to put you through the ringer in a little bit. The kiss. I mean, he popped that foot, but like we almost didn't see it because Christine went hard on that first kiss. She was gobbling him up for the first time in the episode. For the first time in a long time. It's definitely going to be one of many tonight. I don't know. Yeah, David wasn't ready for it. And then that was why he popped the foot maybe out of another response. It was just a (laughs) bodily reaction because the rest of him wasn't, his face wasn't responding to the kiss. uh, Lots of things were popping, moving. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, hopefully his ankle isn't the only thing that's swelling. (laughs) Well, it's definitely not going to be the only thing tonight. He makes sure to tell Christine as soon as they walk away that she looked hot in that dress, which I'm glad that he gave her that specifically. He didn't just say you look beautiful. You look hot because that is the complete antithesis of what that first dress looked like on her. Yeah, it looked like gladware. Speaking of trash, we have to hear from Cody and Robin because they are obligated to make an appearance in the episode in order to get paid. That's my assumption. Or as David would say, we have to go check on Cody and Robin. <laughs> That's the Pooh Bear? That's the Pooh Bear. All right. Still going with it? Yeah, there's still been requests on the Discord every now and then. He did wear pants to the reception. That is good. Just give him a pot of honey and let him have the time of his life. All right. Let's talk about them. They contributed almost nothing to this episode. Uh, they tormented me by being on the screen They haunted my dreams in what did eventually take place on the screen. Well, it starts with Cody talking about how Christine doesn't need his permission to get married. Yeah, we already knew that. Duh. Just like I guess he never asked for hers to marry Robin. Just like how she didn't need your permission to divorce you either. Fair's fair. Whatever. But yeah, it's just Cody and Robin are just abusing more trees on Coyote Pass. I guess they've decreased in value, so... They're chopping them down and selling them off. This is what I hope we get an answer to next season. Why is Cody always cutting down trees? And what does he do with them? We know that he peels them, 
But then what happens to these logs? What is the end goal of doing all of this? Times are tough. We got to pay off the land. We lost Mary's income. You think he's going to build the houses on Coyote Pass? Oh, he's not building the houses, but they have to pay off the land, the loan. So they're selling trees? If that's a way to make ends meet. He's selling firewood. You got to do it. Well, maybe not firewood, but it's for (laughs) something. Cody seems to have rounded a corner, though, in this particular scene. I don't know. Is he medicated? Did we land at a correct dosage for something that we were on previously? I feel like a doctor honed in on something finally, because why is he in so much better of a mood? The doctor saw season 14 and 15, Cody, and was like, here, I'm going to prescribe you with this. And then he saw season 16, 17, Cody, and he was like, oof, uh uh-oh, that was way off. Here, let me dial you back. So it's like, if this is the Cody that we're going to get to in a year, I think it'll be more manageable because the next season, season 19, is going to be all catch up, build up to Christine and David wedding. He still could be angry. I hope I'm he's sure not. he's still angry, but he's got his mask back on and affixed properly to which people can then appreciate him being around again. I'm glad he got that repaired. <laughs> Thankfully, he got that situated. Did you think it was ironic that he seems to care about his children and how they're treated by David, but he doesn't care about how he treats his own children? Right. And this is where I feel bad because then I am kind of siding with Cody in this way because basically same story for me. I only met this guy once. We only talked for like a little bit. He mostly talked to Robin. It wasn't talking to me. And uh, I don't know. I don't I didn't get a good read on this guy. It's a real Hail Mary for all of us. But he just keeps talking. So he's just rambling on. He's very uncomfortable. So Robin is realizing the longer that she lets him go here, the sooner that something's going to slip out that probably shouldn't, that she hasn't rehearsed with him. So she starts getting shifty. She's looking around. She's trying to find her opportunity. So she just grabs his face and kisses him to wave the cameras off from the land so that they can continue chopping down their trees in peace. All right. The grabbing of the face. This is the second time that we've seen her do this. I don't remember if it was the talk back or the look back, but we'll get to it when we get through those episodes. Happened there. Now she did it here. I think it was the talk back because the talk back was when she was on the couch with Cody. I don't like the face grabbing. And that wasn't even the worst part of it because the kiss, the kiss. The kiss was strange. The open eyed kiss because she had to keep an eye on the camera. That was it. That's what was happening. She wanted to see what was going on. And then she waved them off with the work gloves as if she ever uses those. If she sits over in the chair and fans herself with them, maybe. Right. Sometimes I guess maybe it gets a little hot out. Yeah. It gets hot out on the land there. And so she just, you know, has to cool off. Maybe she uses them to open her QVC packages to pick them up and move them off the porch. Right. To prevent the spread of (laughs) COVID-19 from her mail. Or to handle... Very expensive artwork as you're hanging it up on the walls. Delicate. But that shouldn't be the same gloves that you're out chopping trees down well, with. She, she's not chopping anything she down. She doesn't know what she's doing out she's here. She's not doing that work. But she does have the gloves from other times, from other kinds of labor. Moving gloves. But this has made Robin question, does a plural marriage still work? Um, <laughs> no. How many seasons behind us are you? You dummy. 
<laughs> Do the wheels really turn that slow? Yeah, that gerbil's getting tired up there. That wheel is getting squeaky, rusty. It's just a weird time to start to question that. I would think you would start asking those questions as wives started dropping like flies. But now we're asking, does plural marriage still work when it's Robin and Cody in a monogamous marriage? There are no other wives. You are not a polygamist anymore. So I would say... No, 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 (laughs) no. She still has sister wives, Corey. I would say, I would argue, no, polygamy does not work (laughs) for you specifically. I hope when this show ends, they ask them each that question individually and force them to answer it. Yeah, man. If there's anything else that I need from this show is just more questions about if someone's gonna be a polygamist because we got some more of that later on in the reception too didn't need it don't ask that anymore make your new standard question did polygamy work for you they have a list of like four questions to ask people who approach the camera that we don't see much and that's one of them it's been the same index card since 2009 (laughs) that's just crudely scribbled out there and they just keep asking the same questions it's been folded and unfolded a bunch of times it's all faded and worn down it was written in pencil you could barely read it now it's terrible mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, it's after the ceremony, and it's time for pictures. So, of course, it is just pure brown family chalice, which made me think maybe they should have invited Mary after all, because she was always their photography Nazi. And that was a family term, not my own words. Right, yeah, that's straight from the show. We couldn't come up with something like that. They needed someone to get everyone in line. Like, where was this day of wedding planner? These are things they help with. I think they might have been organizing a flash mob for later. They might have been rehearsing some stuff in the tent. Focusing on the important things. Whoopsie dipsie. The photos, you're not going to look at those, right? It's not important. It's all good, though, because even though everyone's trying to figure out where they're supposed to be, who's supposed to be in what photo, they're doing just brown family photos. Then they're incorporating David's kids into them. It's okay because everyone's vibing, especially Maddie and Caleb with David's family. Do you think they'll move from North Carolina back to Utah just to be around his family? Because I think Caleb's ready to do that. I don't think Cody would be able to handle that, that they would move to be closer to Christine and David, but they wouldn't move to be closer to him and Robin. I think Caleb's ready to make that level of commitment with David. I think that's a Caleb wound that Cody would never heal from. (laughs) 
The best part of this was Janelle and Christine taking a few pictures alone together. Wasn't it sweet? I thought it was sweet. Yeah, she had a nice father of the bride moment where she showed off her kicks, her little sneakers under her dress Janelle was wearing. Because I think, well, not at this point. Christine ended up kicking off her shoes. We didn't see the Crocs go on. Maybe that was a honeymoon thing. Maybe that was a honeymoon sweet thing. Maybe that's for tonight. Banging in your Crocs. <laughs> if these Crocs are rocking, don't come a-knocking. You think she did a boudoir shoot with the Crocs? <laughs> Just completely nude on the bed with the legs crossed up in the air and the Crocs on. With Heather from uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Heather Gay showed up to be her (laughs) photographer, exploiting her sexuality. Exploited it all over the place. We want to see the pics, Christine. (laughs) Please, please post them on your Instagram if you got them. Okay, this was the major burn from Janelle where she's talking about how amazing this relationship is between David and Christine and how happy she is for them. And she can just envision them growing old together. I see them sitting on the porch in their rocking chairs with their grandkids and their kids. That sounded familiar. (laughs) Vaguely, right? (laughs) Almost word for word familiar. Did she steal Robin's dream? I think that that would be poetic justice that Janelle would steal Robin's retirement vision for the family of being on the porch with the kids and the grandkids running around and Cody running around like he does. (laughs) I mean, Robin did steal Janelle's retirement money, so I guess it's only fair that Janelle stole her retirement plan from her. (laughs) Although I was going to say because Robin's constantly stealing the emotions that these people are going through and going tit for tat where Janelle was going through mourning when her mother passed away. And Robin is like, yeah, I'm going through kind of a mourning period myself of how the family's not spending time together. And it was like, dude, like if she said that, that was chef's kiss shady, but I didn't see it come out of Janelle's mouth. So did they just splice some things together? I mean, that was very clearly Janelle talking about that. I don't know if, did the producers feed her that line and she doesn't even know that that was a fucking sick burn? (laughs) I don't know. We need to know, Janelle. Somebody ask her on Cameo. She's apparently up answering them at all hours of the night, sometimes 2 a.m., sending through a Cameo. She will reply. So if you're you're wondering what types of things she's sending at 2 a.m., you got to join Jody Amanda's live stream on Monday. The last thing that Janelle added was that all of the kids who aren't here today are always welcome. A.K.A. Dana Roar, Brianna, Saul, and Ari. And Gwen. And Gwen. Because we're we're pretending, I guess, that Gwen is either here or doesn't exist. Gwen's here in spirit. So was that a message for Dane Brianna or was it a message for Gwen? So now we get to the champagne. It's happy hour? It's... No. No, it's not. This was... A cocktail hour with no cocktails, because that was straight up sparkling cider. After some sleuthing, we were able to find the label as Martinelli's Sparkling Cider, 100% non-alcoholic juice. So there were some people who were pointing out that Christine was getting very giggly, but you can't blame it on the alcohol, because there was no alcohol in this stuff. (laughs) I don't know what was going on with her then. I kind of felt like she was rolling at some points. She was just sugar high. 
all hopped up on apple juice like Buster on Arrested Development. <laughs> She's like, you guys got juice boxes? This party's going to be off the hook. Well, so are the kids because the first one's out on the dance floor, Avalon and Evie. Everybody's all hopped up on juice. Throwing each other around like just like Grandpa taught them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, be careful. That's an allegation waiting to happen. <laughs> Our legal team says <laughs> breaking limbs on the dance floor. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it, your shoulder. It pops right out of the socket. It pops right back in. Don't worry about it. Well, it's been about five seconds since we last saw McKelty on screen and she's jumping in front of the camera again to just whisper some compliments about David into Christine's ear. Yeah. Nice little heartfelt moment. Now the real showstopper here who stole the show at the reception as we're waiting and waiting for food. It was Evie seated at the table. Oh, this was my favorite part of the whole wedding was Evie holding the fork up in one hand and the knife up in the other and just sitting at the table waiting for her food. This is me at every wedding. (laughs) (laughs) An accurate representation. (laughs) I guess they really had to wait a while for food. Is that why Christine was sucking down that orange? And she was giddy and giggling. So what was this thing laced with? Did they roll this thing around and E before they gave it to her? I don't know. There were, there were some good drugs at this wedding. I'd like to think it That's was an, an allegation. <laughs> well, I'd like to think it was an alcohol-free wedding, but there was a lot of other substances going around. <laughs> we did see them drink some beer at some point. Maybe it was a BYOB. That might have been on the uh, party boat from the last episode. Just some leftover Michelob Ultras that Christine was chugging. Were you talking about Hunter, though? Stealing the show as we were waiting. Oh, no. It was oh, no. Evie. I was talking about okay. Evie. But yeah, Hunter does come up. He congratulates David and Christine, reassures us all that David is a good man. But I'm not going to call you dad. Not going to call you dad because I don't trust you. That's why I won't call him dad. <laughs> Should we all call David dad? I'm not calling David dad. I'll, I'll call him zaddy, but I won't call him daddy. <laughs> right. Well, it's time for speeches. And I thought we weren't doing speeches. That's why we passed around the microphone on the booze cruise. I think the point was we have a very small group of people who've been assigned the ability to give a speech at the reception. So if anyone else wanted to speak, they had to go ahead and do that. Well, I wasn't sure if we were doing speeches because when Aspen first got up there, I thought she was jumping into karaoke because it was sounding like the start of the Panic of the Disco song. (laughs) Because she said, what a beautiful wedding. (laughs) Isn't this a beautiful wedding? What a beautiful wedding. (laughs) Cue the music. (laughs) Well, she gets that out. And then she's not even in sentence into this speech, and McKelty starts heckling her from the audience. Yeah, we got Tony and McKelty at their table right behind Aspen as she's trying to give this speech on the dance floor. It's our own little Statler and Waldorf over there. That's a Muppet joke for anybody who's interested. If you want to Google search that, look that up. You'll know it's what I'm talking about. The Brown Family Peanut Gallery. <laughs> and Aspen's not taking that shit. She must have had a drink or something. She looks over and she destroys McKelty. It's like, well, that's why I'm the one who's up here and not you. Yeah, because Aspen's like looking around. She's like, who said that? Who the fuck just said that? I got the microphone. Who said that? Christine looked a little annoyed when she snapped at McKelty. It looked like she gave the the kill cutoff gesture of, uh, no, like, no, don't do that. Don't keep digging in on McKelty because... Cut the mic. Yeah, cut the <laughs> cut the mic off. Start the backing track so she can start singing instead. 
We never got McKelty's wedding song to Christine. And I feel like Christine was owed that. I'm surprised Christine didn't make more of her daughters sing at her wedding. This speech, though, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? It was very chopped up. It kind of wrapped up in a very strange way. It abruptly ends. It sounded very edited. Apparently, they edited down Janelle's speech last week a whole lot. So I think they did that for a lot of these. I would have liked to have seen it in its entirety. Can we get an extra on that? Just the wedding speeches? You don't have to broadcast it on TV or anything. Just post it online. Just, you know, let us know. I want to see how many more times Aspen went after McKelty in the audience. Yeah, if she started branching off into any other crowd work or started (laughs) in on a tight five or something. Yeah, I want to see the depth of what she can do. They were like, well, we can't lose Aspen to a Netflix comedy special. And then we wouldn't be able to get her on the show ever again. We just can't compete with those rates. So we have to cut this out. We have to talk about Katie because she's up next. Katie is David's daughter. Mm. Ooh, mm. I See, I think they had us rooting for David throughout the ceremony. That was a lot of good buildup. That was great. And I think they did have a lot of us as the audience, not me. A lot of us who were viewing in the camp of, yeah, David's great. This is good. David and Christine, two thumbs up. Then Katie gets up to speak. David's daughter. And it gets weird. Because right away, she takes responsibility for them being together. The first thing she says is immediately taking credit for Christine and David even being together today. Not even just getting married, but being together. Which she's since posted a TikTok trying to walk the speech back and said that that was a joke. And then kind of got on people for thinking that she has the power to somehow have made this happen. And it's just that she put it out in the universe that she thought that Christine was the right person for her dad. And like, you know, God provided a rental and did the rest. Her explanation is that she manifested this. Just saying, if it was a joke, we need to work on our delivery because it didn't come across that way. And actually, the whole crowd hushed. Yeah, Christine was trying to cheer it on as, yes, manifestation, it's a thing. But I think secretly she was just worried that she's got another Robin on her hands. She's like, oh, no. I'm going to have to make a vision board again. I really don't want to have to do this. But Katie just starts rambling here because she's all jacked up on sparkling cider. There's not a (laughs) – nobody's cutting her off at the bar. She was so excited to find out that Christine was single that she ran into the other room screaming to her dad, David, Christine Brown is single. It just, it's weird. It's odd. So David knew about Christine and that his kid wanted him, I guess, to seek her out. That's how it came across. So I don't know. The timeline doesn't make sense. The timeline for these events. So that's where we had to start sleuthing a little bit here to make some sense of what was going on around this time. Because for me, the gap in this story which we still don't have an answer to, even from sleuthing around, was that did Christine already reach out to David? Because Christine messaged David first. David establishes here that he made his own profile, so he didn't have help from any of his kids putting together his dating profile. I feel like that directly conflicts with previous information, prior information that we've worked with before. There was something that they knew each other before 
four? I don't know where this came from. I thought it was that Aspen knew of him somehow. I don't know. We've gotten like three versions of this story. So this doesn't make any sense. It was like very suspect that on the couch, David had to make a point that he made his own dating profile. So it was like, well, I guess he was trying to excuse away Katie's story about that. Like, but I made my own profile. So like I met you genuinely because you saw my profile and liked it. And that was all me. You saw my profile. You liked it. You messaged me. And then Katie convinced me to message you back. It just feels like this is a huge coincidence, isn't it? That you are so excited. And by the way, I want to talk about that. I thought it was really insensitive to say in front of all of the kids, the brown kids, that you were so fucking pumped when you saw Christine was divorcing their dad. Plus, it's just it's a weird way to go. That's a strange reactionary place to take that information, to find out that Christine Brown was getting a divorce from Cody. My dad is single. I don't remember calling him and (laughs) screaming to him that Christine Brown is finally available. She's divorced now. What value does that have to anybody unless they have an idea, something in play? Well, like that you think that it's actually achievable that he may be able to date her. So was the message already sent? Like, did Christine already reach out to David on the dating site? And then, but that was... The timeline The timeline doesn't make sense because then for her divorce announcement... Let's get into it because I brought receipts. Yes. Proof. Timeline, screenshots, everything. (laughs) Everything. All right. So November 11th, 2021, feels like forever ago. That was the day that Christine and Cody announced their divorce on social media. So that would be the day that Katie ran in to tell David Woolley that Christine is available. Or shortly thereafter, if she is completely detached from the Sister Wives fandom when a season is not happening, because she claims she didn't watch the show. Ever. She's only just seen clips on TikTok. Which is another reason to be very cautious about why is this person so excited that Christine is divorcing Cody when you have no emotional investment in the show? <laughs> Red flags. Well, how did you know enough about her personality to feel like she was this great fit for your dad? Well, that's what everybody asked. What do you know about her? And all she said was, she seems amazing. I don't know. She'd be great with my dad. What? That's not a reason. That's not good enough. You don't know this person. So we have from November 2021, right? That's the divorce. Christine starts dating. January 29th, 2023, she posts about it on Instagram asking for online dating advice. So maybe she had already been talking with her matchmaker because we found that out on the show. When she was hanging out with her kids, she had been exploring the potential idea of the matchmaker, but then she also started doing some online dating of her own, which that definitively began in January of 2023, publicly that she herself had posted about. I feel like this was a soft launch leading into David being announced because February 1st, so this is like a few days later, David makes a new public Instagram account. That is when his profile is created. Yes, correct. 
And I believe he has a secondary account that's like his actual account. And this was like the public one where he it doesn't have his to interact with people. Yeah, it doesn't have his January sixth photos <laughs> or his uh, racist football team preferences. Oh my god! You know the things you try to keep quiet. The stuff you got to scrub on social media before you become a public figure. <laughs> people. <laughs> It really sounds like we dislike him. Okay, no, just I want you all to picture Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the board behind him of Pepe Silvia. You want to talk about the mail, Mac? I've been dying to talk about the mail (laughs) because this is what's been going on in this household today. So she made that post about dating end of January, February 1st. David makes that new Instagram account. February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2023, Christine posts that she's found the love of her life. Okay, guys, so this is where I got upset because when this happened, January 2023, Christine publicly announced that she's dating online. Great. I'm all for it. Go taste your ice cream flavors, as Tony would say. Taste the rainbow. Taste whatever you want. I don't care. I'm happy for you. Go on out there and enjoy your life. Less than a month, about a month after that, she posts that she has found the love of her life, David Woolley, to which my reply was, That's pretty fucking fast. And everybody said, no, 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 no. It's cool because they've known each other for way longer than that. They have this whole prior history, this dating. You know, weeks, weeks. Lucy goosey dating experience that they were kind of in similar circles that they knew about each other, but they'd never actually dated. Okay, cool. That directly contradicts what we're finding out as part of Katie's speech here. They did not have prior contact or communication. All right, Katie, I'm going to circle back to her here because February 14th, the day that Christine announced that she was dating David, Katie makes a TikTok about how David is her dad. Just unprompted. It's like if you go watch it, she doesn't say anything. It's just like pointing out that David is her father and people are leaving these comments about him being hot under Christine's announcement. I have questions. I just, are are we a little thirsty? There has to be a motive, right? For any, anything. And I don't think, the more that I'm like looking into this and thinking about it more, I was leery about David. I don't think David has bad intentions in maybe this. We're leery about the situation overall. And now we feel like maybe we've found somewhere to direct the leeriness too. It makes more sense that maybe that's the vibe I was picking up on from this scenario. I don't know. It's it's just a little odd. Something's off. I smell a mommy blogger. <laughs> yeah. It's not going well, I don't think. But maybe she'll start selling some plexus or something like that. She's got to get in the downline if you're going to make it happen. I mean, eventually, if you're connected to the Brown family, you end up in an MLL d- downline it's only a matter of time it's somebody's downline (laughs) so that was february 14th by april 13th they have announced that they're engaged people magazine has posted about it so guys if you're doing the math that's three months from when christine publicly announced that she started dating i'm just saying i really hope that christine was actually dating prior to this date because if this is the timeline that we're going off of but that's no, where this is it because they get married October 7th. I know. And she says it's been 10 months that they've been together. She told her kids they've been together a year, but it's really only been 10 months. 10 months from that date is January, January to October. 
That is the timeline. That's the 10 months. So everything that we're seeing, all of this other evidence that's adding up over here about Christine and David when they met versus what she tells her kids versus what we've heard online, that's the timeline, you guys. It's just, it's too soon. I still don't like it. I know everybody's on board. I'm just going to say, I still don't like it. We're, we're being risk adverse. That's kind of my style. <laughs> All right, so let's move on from Katie's speech. Annie gets to talk next. And I felt like she had the most personal and genuine and appropriate wedding speech of them all. And I thought it was nice that she got to also correct a trauma from her past of not being able to attend Christine's wedding to Cody. She did kind of show up David's mom, Evelyn, who basically just wished them the best. And that was kind of it. And that was nice. It seemed like hers was a um, spur of the moment speech. Annie, she had prepared hers, definitely. And the general sentiment was Christine is awesome. She attack, she protect, but most of all, she check her neck. <laughs> so she the best okay. and David the best. And so everybody be the best together. I guess everybody ate by this point. We didn't ever see the food, did we? I didn't see any food. Like That's a big part of how I judge a wedding. I was disappointed. Was it a buffet? Did they serve everyone? What kind of food was it? But instead, we're getting more photos and more hard makeouts. My God. So they go take pictures. These are the ones that were in People magazine. (laughs) Uh, So it was a different photographer who showed up a little later. I mean, these were like the very beautiful ones where you could see the background really well. I feel like that location, like for as beautiful as it was, the shots were really tight that they showed on TV. I don't really feel like we got the full effect of it like you did in the photography. It doesn't film well on location. It's a great venue experience, but... Doesn't convey to the television. Well, and I have to say, I preferred the still images over watching the live makeout session. Yeah, less scarring for me, probably. We do get an appearance from Mary. Again, she's looking to collect a paycheck here. It kind of just backs into Janelle saying more things about, you know, how great this is for Christine and that she's seeing that she's feeling everything you should feel with a spouse, you know, everything they all never felt with Cody. It's great to see these wounds being healed now by David. Yeah, I like that she was outright condemning Cody for his, quote, shitty asshole things that he did to Christine. (laughs) And the rest of y'all stand in your power, Janelle. And then Mary says, Christine deserves someone who really loves her, just like me. She really wants to hammer home to us that one day there is going to be a merry wedding special. She's trying to gear us up for it, but man, we must be months away from that at this point. At some point, Christine and David get announced to walk into the dance to the dance floor. I guess they're going to have their first dance. And there's already someone there. The dance floor is occupado. And it's not Cody doing the moonwalk. If that was your first guess, you'd be wrong. No, like a mother, like daughter, we have Avalon out right where the cameras can see her out in the open. It's a learned skill to just (laughs) know exactly where the center of attention is going to be and just plop yourself right in there. I understand that it's hard to get children to sit still, especially at fancy occasions, but like maybe clear her from the dance floor before something big happens. It's a big moment that she just happened to be out there for. Yeah, this is Christine and David's first dance as a married couple. And Christine is rolling. She's doing the long blinks 
mid dance when she gets spun around. I think maybe she's just yeah her equilibrium's off from those spins. It's at a much slower velocity than she's become attuned to. <laughs> I feel like her brain has just been shook around so much in her head whenever she does a dance like this that maybe it's just some like uh, post traumatic situation that's occurring here. And we are inconclusive on what the first dance song was. Don't know if it was something Little Mermaid related since that was their first date. We only got the safe-for-broadcast, royalty-free track so that this episode doesn't get pulled like McKelty's graduation party episode. There's lots of dancing. We have, you know, no daddy-daughter dance between Christine and Rex. So we have the girls out there with her, minus Gwen. And Cody's jealous because he knows this is a party. There's dancing, and he really wishes he was there for the Brown family mosh pit. But it's not the Brown family mosh pit anymore. It's something completely different. People in the Discord were referring to it as the Wooly Bully (laughs) when we were watching, and I thought that was appropriate. It is different because everyone's joints stayed in their sockets that night. But still, enter at your own risk. Oh, the Robin. Oh, man. Yeah. Speaking of dancing, Robin does try to break the news to the producers, not to Cody directly, but she will talk shit about Cody behind his back to the producers and the camera. She's trying to break the news to everybody that Cody is a terrible dancer. And she's not dancing with him anymore until he takes dancing lessons. And her reasoning is because when they dance, when Cody dances with her, I become the pole that you dance around. Which wasn't there a whole chapter in the New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives, about how Robin and Cody fell in love because they were dancing? That's true. They met at that party And Mary had said, go up and ask her to dance. And that's how Mary knew it was a done deal that Robin was going to join this family hook, line, and sinker. Cody just had to put the moves on her. Maybe he pulled out only his best moves. There wasn't enough room to do some twirling on that dance floor. Maybe she liked to be the pole at that time, but now she doesn't want to be the pole. Don't you wish that in an alternate timeline, Cody had taken the divorce well And that we could have seen him here at this wedding with his classic moves in the middle of that dance floor. I think he would have tried to bust out a worm for us. (laughs) And he would try to implement that. He was going to try and bring the worm back. It would have been historic. And I I wish that we could have seen it. And then Mary would have made a joke. Because then Mary would have been invited to in this alternate timeline. She would have made a joke about Cody's worm. And it would be a double entendre joke, much like the turkey joke that she made. She is good at those. The turkey preference joke. It'll be an accidental double entendre that it's the last time Christine has to see Cody's worm or something like that. <laughs> she would accidentally slip that out. Hey, let us write for this show. I'm just saying we got ideas. <laughs> Sometimes they work. This is the flash mob point of the episode. We have to talk about it because I'm sorry. I don't think I'm clear on the rules of a flash mob because that did not look like one to me. On what year is it? It's 2023. Are people still flash mobbing? I feel like a producer or someone thought that this would look so cool on camera and put them all up to it. This was the wedding planner who was just there for the day of, and that was their project that they got to work on while David and Christine were making out over taking their photos and they had some time to kill this was you think this was like the wedding planners thing that she does to knock it out of the park 
It's like the big surprise for the bride and groom that they weren't expecting. So they leave her a five-star review. Pretty sexist that you would assume that the wedding planner is a woman, but <laughs> uh, gender is a social construct, Carly. It's true. It's true. The dancing, though, the flash mob, it was just reaching their hands in the air, wasn't it? Yeah, just wave your hands around like you just don't care. You know what it reminded me of? My mom teaches osteoporosis classes, exercise classes, and it's like when you have the little weight in your hand and you lift it up into the air and then you bring that down and you bring the other arm up. That's what it looked like. Well, I feel like a lot of people would be able to sign up for that class and use their AARP cards to pay for it uh, in this dance reception. Oh, in this yeah, audience. In this audience that was specifically okay. on for the filming here too. I, so I feel like that makes sense. All right. So we didn't do anything too strenuous. That was the safest thing to do with the crowd that we had available to us for a flash mob option. The lap dance scene around the world. We, we're here. I guess we talked about the cake. Yeah, the cake right? was bad. It didn't look good. Very dry. Look, Bone I, dry. I think naked cakes are pretty. But I don't want to eat one because the frosting is the best part of the cake. Well, I don't. I get mad when I look at them because I know it's going to taste bad. It looks like a work in progress. It's not done. Okay. It does look like it's It's just the work has only just begun. Yeah. You keep going. Don't stop now. And I do feel like you should pay less. Some baker out there is upset about that. But like it feels like step one. We built the cake we start to put some icing on, and then we just finished. We, we scraped some off. This was a baker who didn't meet their deadline, and they tried to spin it as this cool new thing, and somebody was dumb enough to believe them. Oh, you think the origin of the naked cake? Oh, yeah. This was somebody who didn't meet a deadline. They were like, yeah, that's what I was meaning to do. That was what I intended to bring you this day for your wedding cake. It just feels like it's so trendy. And it's been around for a while now. So can we not be so impressed? What's the main issue with this cake? It it's dry as fuck. dry. And it's dry because there's no frosting. You need to frost well, this. The cake itself, it like was falling apart as they were trying to feed it to each other. It was crumbly. It yeah. was not as moist as we would hope. Oh, my. So for those of you who say the cake is the best part of a cake, true. But we want... A good crumb to that cake. It got to have a good bake on it. It can't be too stodgy and it can't be too dry. Right. So they did not smash the cake in each other's faces too. So Carly, were you thankful that I didn't smash the cake in your face at our wedding? You know what? I was so drunk by that point that well, I don't <laughs> I don't know if it would have mattered. I think it would have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have been very upset. If I had smashed it. See, what I did was best of both worlds. I faked the cake smash, but then we didn't actually do I didn't place any cake on your face. You just instilled the fear in me. Well, that sounds ominous. <laughs> <laughs> they make out again. That's why they couldn't do the cake smash, because she was like, no, nothing else can be in my mouth but your tongue. Except for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got room for tonight. The, the bouquet toss. We're going to breeze over it. But where was Janelle? She was nowhere in sight. When they say all of the single ladies come to the dance floor. When Beyonce starts playing, and it's the single ladies out there for the bouquet toss, Janelle should have been out there. So for those of you who think that Janelle really considers herself divorced, I have questions. I know she don't need no man. She's not interested in it. But how poetic if she had caught the bouquet. 
No, it makes sense. She doesn't want that heat. She doesn't need any of that placed on her for future seasons that are coming up. Mary wishes she was Mary there. wanted that bouquet so bad. So bad. So everyone is having a good time. They're dancing. They are enjoying some recreational drugs. They are tossing glow sticks around. And then David's friend, Jared, requests that a chair be brought to the center of the dance floor. Okay, this is where it gets weird. And not for the reasons that you would think that it's getting weird. I'm going to try to explain this in the way that it was presented to us as part of the show. David's friend, Jared, who he's not related to, a younger man than David. He grew up, he was one of the kids in the neighborhood. Has a special dance for David. And do not take this the wrong way, because I'm not uncomfortable with a man dancing for another man in the way that Jared was dancing for David. I'm just saying, maybe this should have been like, a bachelor party thing, not a wedding reception thing. Well, the weird thing about it was nobody knew. Christine didn't know this was going to go down. David didn't know. He just was like, he got someone to listen to him and bring the chair over. And then he just took it upon himself to put this show on for everybody. Because when they're referring to David's friend, Jared, is that, are we sure he wasn't, is this a roommate, a dear friend? situation stop that i'm just saying maybe he had a little too much to drink or something because they said he yelled daddy and then runs over and jumps and wraps his legs around david and starts giving him a lap dance okay yeah well and that was how christine's introduced to jared yeah that's what she does not know know him so if this is intended to be funny Okay. This was her first impression of this man. <laughs> but when someone doesn't know you and you do this completely unprompted and without notice in the middle of their wedding where their grandchildren are all standing around watching, it's a little uncomfortable. And just to be clear, not uncomfortable for a man to be dancing with another man in that way. Not at all. That's not the reason that it's uncomfortable. The uncomfortable thing comes from it being completely unprompted, unsolicited, and unplanned. He just sprung this on everybody. And Christine isn't really sure how to react to it when it first starts, but it's clear she needs to one-up him. Because we don't know, yeah, we don't know what the audience reaction is to. There are people who are cheering it on, but I think they're confused too. And is this somebody who's joking yeah i think they thought it was funny but that's not funny like to be like oh i'm doing gay things and that's that's funny funny. that's not funny also you also know that they're filming this for national television right and that they've put a lot of work into in a sense producing the wedding and what they're expecting to happen and then this just happens out of the blue so that's where it went off the rails for me too because then what's the intent behind this it's oh that's just jared living his life doing funny things and it's like that's not funny though do you also think maybe he wanted a moment his 15 minutes of fame i don't know we tried to find his social media and we didn't find it yeah so you think if he was that desperate for some fame he's not out there like katie he's not out there starting a tiktok 
Tony's eyes are about to fall out of his head because Christine has now mounted David and she is gyrating on top of him in front of everybody. She pulled Jared off. She tapped in. She said, yeah, I was going to say, she tries to say that she was tagged in. She was directed by Jared, which at one point you do see him wave her over. But I think she had to intervene before that to then get the invitation from Jared to step in. But I think we did finally find something that made Tony uncomfortable, (laughs) is watching Christine take over from here. (laughs) It's about time. Janelle, too. Janelle shell-shocked. Her kids also are like, what is happening? But and she's, she's still, like, I I don't know. But she's down. She's like, yeah, that's cool. It's whatever. I mean, it's it's a little weird it's, to watch your your ex-sister wife's move. Still sister wife. Well, you know. Spiritual sister wife. You know. But it's not Janelle's cup of tea, but hey, it's their wedding. I'm just here for the party, man. So yeah, you guys, you do you, boo. At one point, McKelty gets in there and she runs up and smacks Christine's ass and runs away. They really stopped filming before it seems like things got unhinged. Did they, though? I don't know. That's the party that I I wanted to see the rest of. Yeah, we got to keep rolling on that. So everyone enjoyed the wedding. It felt really good to have the real Brown family back together again. The way Gabe (laughs) described it, yeah, as it was great to have everyone finally back together as a family. And we haven't done that in a long time. Just, it really made me giggle. The Cody Brown family is no more, and this is the real Brown family. The Cody Brown family is anywhere Cody is not. And we cap off the episode. They do one of those little tunnels that you run through at the end to say goodbye to everyone. The glow sticks up in the air. Not too many glow glasses, though, so I'm glad we spent so much time working on those in the last episode. Where was the day of wedding planner to make sure everyone knew that they were supposed to wear those for the exit? Didn't have that. I think we need some money back. Christine's nose, very red by the end of the night. Well, maybe she did find some alcohol somewhere then. (laughs) Hopefully she got a little something. Maybe she just had a gummy. It was a good night. And David says he was single for too many years. And Christine looks back at him and says, I was sharing for too many years. So it's good to be together now. Thank you, Moab. Good night. (laughs) Wow. This was interesting. That's for sure. It did not go all the directions we thought it would. It had some surprises. And I'm still here to say I'm hesitant. And that's all I'm going to say. You don't have to be hesitant. That's cool. But just don't judge me for being hesitant because I'm still hesitant. Looking at the timeline and putting it into context, I'm not making excuses for anything. Next episode, the Sister Wives watch the revealing first episode of this season and tell viewers what was really going on behind the scenes. They also respond to some tough viewer questions and social media posts. Damn, we just missed that Twitter cutoff, didn't we? So close. Whoa, 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 Corey. It's called X. Well, okay. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.